Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ruby on Rails podcast recorded from the Ruby Barn on Main Street here in Suffield, Connecticut. This is your host, Sean Devine, and I'm barely known on Twitter. I'm looking forward to today's episode. I'm joined by Jim Remsick from Madison Ruby. Hey, Jim. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. <clears throat> so it's funny that, uh, that we're talking today because this weekend I'll be in Madison, but not for Madison Ruby. I mean, it'd be fun to be there for Madison Ruby, but... Uh, that's not actually not why I'm there. My uh, my daughter's moving into college for the first year, so she's a freshman going to Madison. Ah, yes, it's it is move-in weekend. So uh, <laughs> sorry for those who <laughs> live there. <laughs> Plenty of uh, of additional traffic and uh, people going the wrong way on one-way streets. Right. I think that she's moving in a little bit early, so I think that move-in weekend may be between this weekend and the next weekend, if I understand things right. Move-in weekend is typically about three or four weeks long, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway, so we'll talk mostly about Madison Ruby, but but I may have a few uh, new-to-the-area questions for you about Madison along the way. That's good with you. Great, yeah. All right, well, why don't, uh, why don't we start w- with uh, you introducing yourself and Madison Ruby? Sure, so uh, my name is Jim, obviously. We're r- uh, running our... Uh, fourth year of Madison Ruby, um, you know, really sprung out of a uh, a desire to draw people to Madison. Um, when we started the conference, I was actually working for Hashrocket, living in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, and we were going to use this as a, a good excuse to come back and visit every summer. And it's uh, you know, we wound up moving back home here to Madison before the first conference, and uh, it's been snowballing ever since. So aside from wanting to go to Madison now and then, why why take on the burden of, of running a conference? And did, did you know what you were getting into at the time? Uh, we had a little bit of a clue. Uh, my wife, who actually, you know, does most of the work, um, I just I just get to be the, the face and the voice of the conference. Um, so Jen had run a conference for HashRocket called BizConf uh, down in Florida. Um, she had... Uh, decided that, well, she had just graduated with her MBA and she had wanted, you know, she didn't know what she was going to be doing with her life. And so I said, you enjoyed running the conference. Why don't we do that? Um, and it's, it's very much been a, a labor of love, uh, which is to say that there's, there's not a bunch of money in it. Right. So how has it grown over the years from year one to this year? Uh, so, Year one, I think we had 125 people all involved. Well, that's a lot um, of people. That was way bigger than I was expecting you to say. Huh. Um, well, I mean, I, I guess I had sort of been on the conference circuit, um, and there, there definitely is a conference circuit. But, um, you know, I'd uh, been out speaking at other conferences, and, um, you know, everywhere from uh, Scotland and Spain to, you know, Phoenix, um, and so I had gotten around and, and met a lot of people, and you know I would just think to myself as I was talking to people that if I could convince them to come to Madison, that they would love it. And so we put the concert a conference together uh, to give them a a reason to come visit. The, do, uh, do most people visit from the Midwest, like nearby Wisconsin, or do they come from far and wide? Pretty far and wide, actually. That was one of the the interesting. Um, bits of data that came out of the first year. So 
Madison, you would expect a lot of people to come from Chicago, Milwaukee, maybe Minneapolis, uh, some of the bigger cities around. I think our third highest attendance in uh, in our first year in 2011 actually came from Seattle. Wow. And uh, so number of people, uh, I, I think there's a lot of uh, philosophical similarity between the, the folks in those two cities. Um, and that's what I attribute that to. It's rough when you put two cities that are kind of hard to get to together. For, Seattle's kind of hard to get to, I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Madison's I mean, definitely hard to get to. Most of our, so that's a good point. A lot of folks traveling to Madison, we actually uh, recommend, you know, that obviously if you can fly into Madison, that's best. Um, but there's a, a fairly inexpensive and convenient um bus option. So if you can get to Chicago and then bus up from there, it's about $30, uh, $30 round trip from the airport or, or downtown Chicago. Yeah, that's actually what we're doing this weekend. We're going to Chicago and then we, we used to live there and then uh, going up and back for the same reason. Gotcha. So, okay, year one's 125 people, most of whom were from Seattle. And then <laughs> where's it go from there? Um, so year two uh, and... Uh, when Jen listens to this, she'll probably cringe because I probably have the numbers all wrong. But uh, year two, I think we're about 175. And then uh, year three, we're about 225. Wow. And so we've seen pretty steady growth year over year. Um, this year, we're actually we're down a little bit in attendance. We're, we're going to be right around that 225 number again. Um, and hearing the same thing from a lot of conferences and what we attribute that to, I think, is just the pro- proliferation of Ruby conferences. Um, you know, it's hard to uh, to throw a stick and not hit two or three uh, within the, the next few metros. Right. Well, and I mean, hey, I, I mean, I'm not sure what the goals are for the conference. I guess that'll be my next question. But growth can't be the only goal, I would think. So what what are you looking to get out of it? So the the reason that we've always done the conference uh, is just to um, get people together. It's always been about the people, and I, I hope that the uh, you know the program and and everything um, bears that out. Uh, but we we've really enjoyed, like I said, bringing people to Madison and uh, having um, you know just having people visit. And then, um, yeah, I think that's that's ideally we would get some people to convert, and we've come darn close a couple of times and made some connections that have actually worked. Um, I think we've got uh, you know two or three actual converts who came to uh, the conference for the first time, uh, came to Madison for the first time to come to the conference and have actually uh, wound up moving here. And a lot of other people, you know, it, it just put it on the map for them. They didn't. If people think about Madison and haven't been here, they probably think, you know, farm fields, beer, cheese, that sort of thing. Um, and so, one of the great things for us is to be able to hear people who had that expectation or who had, you know, no expectation show up. And you know, we get, uh, we've gotten. Um, comparisons to it's it's kind of a a small uh european town um you know it's fairly urban even though it's only a quarter of a million people um and for the conference we really try and take advantage of downtown 
We have, uh, yeah, we have, so by taking advantage of the downtown, uh, we have about 10 square blocks. So we try to uh, schedule all of our events in. And so we've got, I think, five different venues this year. Um, and so between after parties and uh, receptions, the the Madison Ruby tasting, uh, and then workshops, we get around downtown and, and get people out. So sell me a bit on Madison. I've been there how many times? Three times so far, and then I'm coming this weekend and then to Parents Weekend. So what are the like not cliche things that I've got to do to to really make Madison like a second home for the next four years? Uh, the not cliche things. Well, in other uh, words, like I'm sure that there, I'm sure there's like you know the cheese curds and the you know go to the Capitol, etc. But like, what are the what's a local? You know, what's what's a, a cool thing for locals to do? So the uh, Oldbrook Botanical Gardens, um, you know, I, I feel like that's a pretty uh, common thing. You know, if you have a town that has botanical gardens, but they actually do a, a, a pretty decent job. Um, they've got a, a Thai pagoda, pagoda that was uh, gifted to them. Um, it's put together without any nails. It's very impressive. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, the you know you got to get to the terrace uh, down at the the student union. That's, um, you know, if you, if you see pictures of Madison, particularly if there are colored chairs in that picture, um, you know, that's the, the spot to be, um, that's really a cool scene. So I have been there and how long, how far into the fall and how early in the spring can you sit outside in Madison and not freeze your butt off? Uh, it depends if you're local or not. <laughs> depends on what your blood's made out of. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if, if you're born and raised or, or you know, if you, even if you've just spent a number of years here, you know, I, I think that you acquire a pretty uh, hearty disposition. And, uh, but I think, you know, it's probably, uh, I would say April, April or May really when you can start to spend a, a good deal of time, uh, outside and then it goes all the way through, you know, November or so. Oh, really? So we, uh, We'll typically say, you know, three months, um, but I think that's mostly to scare scare folks away. <laughs> Keep the riffraff out of town. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, for for this weekend, give a, a loose sort of a description of what the schedule is for the conference. So Wednesday night we'll have some uh, some prep work being done, uh, mostly for the, the Railsbridge workshop. Um Thursday we'll go into uh, workshops, so we'll have Rails Bridge. We have Noel Rappin uh, from the Chicago area. He'll be up doing a uh, a workshop on domain-driven Ruby. I'd want to say test-driven, but if you take it, you'll you'll probably uh, spend a fair amount of time in, in test land. Um, and then we've also got Jesse Sternschus, um from the Improv Effect. She's been here for. Uh, every conference that I can get her uh, up here from Jacksonville for. Um, so she'll be doing a, a creative problem solving within constraints workshop, and that's a half day on Thursday. That's um, fun. So, well, so you import someone from Florida to be the entertainment Wednesday night? No, no, Thursday night. So it's it's a workshop, and so you'll, you'll pull real valuable skills that you can use in your day-to-day. But... Uh, you know, it's also pretty entertaining, and it, it doesn't feel like work. Um, we actually met Jesse uh, when I was living in Jacksonville. Um, we did improv. Uh, started out week 
weekly then it went to bi-weekly and eventually monthly but we did uh occasional workshops uh with jesse when i worked at hash rocket um yeah i can't say enough about her and and when we're out uh you know at, at other events we we definitely try and get her involved um you know she just makes a, a world of difference and so she will be kicking off the conference uh on friday oh, okay but, but before uh so she'll do the workshop on thursday um and that's a half day and then uh thursday evening we have an event called hype harvest and we would invariably you know each year we would wind up a week two weeks before the event and we would have people contacting us asking if they could speak at the conference and you know impressive speakers and and whatnot and you just kind of want to get them involved uh and so last year we built hype harvest um and this is a uh it's a four hour event it happens uh on the rooftop of the Muse- museum of contemporary art hmm. and so we'll have six speakers and then we'll take a little break and then we'll have two musical guests um and the whole thing is a fundraiser uh so last year we raised money for uh Nairobi Dev School which is a development school in Nairobi Kenya raised about uh $5,000 for them last year. And this year we're raising money for um, the uh, YWCA's training program, uh, which is the Y Web Career Academy. And so the, the goal of that is to uh, teach uh, women and, and people of color who wouldn't otherwise get the opportunity, uh, get them exposed to uh, web development technologies. And so HTML, CSS, JavaScript, Node.js, it will be free to all the attendees who take it and comes with a guaranteed uh, three-month internship afterwards. Oh, uh, wow. That's great. And we've been able to do that uh, because we've got some grant funding uh, through the state of Wisconsin. Cool. But one of the things that they did when they gave us a grant was they said, you cannot buy any equipment, <laughs> which seems a little short-sighted. So that's what the, the fundraiser on Thursday night is uh, is raising money for is to buy computers for those individuals. Any idea why that's a restriction? Uh, you know, the, the concern is that they don't, they didn't want public money going to buy computers and I, I get the optics on it, but you know, it's, it's really just, uh, it's short sighted or, or, you know, lack of experience when me and, and a lot of people that I know who are developers, uh, when they're growing up, you know, they learned just by having access and, you know, hack, uh, by you know, spending time working with the, with the computer, you don't always understand everything. But just having access and being uh, able to retry and retry until you get it right, um, I think that was, you know, that was sort of my path. I didn't, uh, I didn't go to college. I didn't uh, have a, uh, a computer science background. What I had was, um, you know, GeoCities and and access to the internet. Um, and so that's really, that's why that's been important to me to, to get those computers is because it's great if, if we can provide computers in the classroom from, you know, nine to five or whenever we have folks in class, but if they can't, uh, study, you know, when it, when the, when the urge strikes them, you know, that's, they're not going to be nearly as successful. I feel dense, but what what are the optics? I don't even see how that could look bad. Is it is this like a lightning rod that I don't understand? 
No, I mean, it just uh, so the the way I would characterize it is if you are taking public taxpayer money and giving it out in grants, and that grant, grant money is being used to purchase computers, and those uh, folks take those computers home, uh, you know, I think <laughs> clearly it struck a nerve in our in our grant meeting, um, but. Yeah, it's, it's just so important. Uh, yeah, right. Um, you know, that's why we're raising the money. We're we're making good progress there too. I think we're uh, inching up on on two thousand. I think of our seventy five hundred dollar goal, and that uh, fundraiser will continue throughout uh, Hype Harvest and will go through the end of the month. Now, if someone wants to go to Hype Harvest, is that part of the ticket, or is that a, a special event they can buy a ticket to um, that it's a, night? It's a separate ticket, um, and so it's an Indiegogo campaign. So you buy your ticket by no- donating fifteen dollars, uh, and then you know because it's Indiegogo, you can also purchase other perks. Like you could do a uh, fifty dollars ticket to buy a, uh, a flight of beer. Um, we've got a local brewery, Mobcraft, uh, who are going to be uh, providing the the samplings. Um, you know, there's an option to buy one of those computers that I was just talking about. So for $300, you can buy a computer and have it, in, uh, you know, have your name or an inspirational quote, uh, engraved in it. Um, and so that, you know, it's, it's your typical crowdfunding campaign. So if, uh, for those that are interested, if you go to hypeharvest.com, cool. Yeah, if you Google Indiegogo Hype Harvest, it was the first thing they came up to. Awesome. Well, let me let me uh, take a break then from hearing about the uh, the rest of the agenda to also plug something, if you don't mind. Absolutely. All right. So the uh, the first sponsor of uh, this week's episode is Squarespace. Uh, have you ever used Squarespace, Jim? You know, I haven't. Uh, I definitely recognize the name as a hosting <laughs> provider. It's it's pretty interesting. It definitely is. I think it's for programmers like us. It's it's a good uh, like a good card to have in your pocket for when someone says, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if there was a website that blah 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 some you know entree to get you to help them make it?" That if you for whatever reason don't have the time or wherewithal to help them make it, Squarespace is excellent. So uh, let me tell you a bit about it. Uh, It's the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a professional website, portfolio, or online store. You can get a free trial and 10% off if you go to squarespace.com and use my offer code, which is uh, Sean sent me. That's S-E-A-N sent me. Uh, Let me tell you a bit more about it. So they make it uh, simple and easy to create a beautiful design for your custom website using a drag and drop interface. They also make it easy to get help with 24 seven support through live chat and email. They're located in New York city, Dublin and Portland. So you can reach Squarespace support personnel anytime you need them, no matter where you are in the world or what time of the day you're working. Plans start at just eight bucks a month. And that includes a, a free domain name. If you sign up for a year, their templates include responsive design, and every site comes with an online store, so you can integrate commerce right into what you're doing if that's what you're up to. So get started with a free trial, no credit cards required, and you can get building your website today. When you sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use that offer code Sean sent me to get that 10% off. 
and you'll support both 5x5 and the Ruby on Rails podcast. So thanks to Squarespace. All right. Let's get back to our schedule. So is Hype Harvest, would you consider it like what percentage would be party and what percent would be conference-like thing? Uh, as far as the... The feel of it. Itself, yeah. You know, it's... A, um, I, I'm going to go with 50-50. That's actually how it's sort of designed. Um, so we've got uh, the first two hours are, you know, mingling. Um, and then we've got the our six speakers. Um, and then we, we break at 9 o'clock um, to allow our first musical guest to set up. And, uh, so we've got about, uh, two hours of, uh, of mingling and, and talking time and then two hours of, um, of musical guests. And the, it's a, um, you yeah, know, it, it sort of, so I'm going to lean back on, on what other folks have said because that makes my life easier, but, uh, you know, it, <laughs> People have compared the the venue to sort of a a rooftop, uh, a New York style rooftop uh, venue, or uh, or something along those lines. And so, when we start out, it'll be sunset, and everything is sort of a wash in, in gold uh, uh, sunset colors. Um, and then, it, as we transition to the the musical guests, you know, the the sun's definitely going down, and and we'll crank up some uh, some lighting and. I'd definitely give it more of a club feel. Well, it sounds nice because I mean, it sounds like a good way to kick the conference off because it's Thursday night, and you know, by the time you hit the ground running Friday, you would have met a bunch of people, which is convenient. Or sounds Excellent. convenient. <clears throat> All right. So, so then Friday, you mentioned who was kicking off Friday. Uh, yep, and that's Jesse. And so you just mentioned the fact that you'd be able to meet people on uh, on Thursday night. Well, on Friday, the the whole reason that we bring in Jessie is because she's just a she gets people out of their shells, and so probably if you go to YouTube and do a, a search for uh, Madison Ruby rock paper scissors, um, you know she brought in uh, or she got an entire conference playing rock paper scissors, um, and I think came down to Jeremy Heingardner uh, wound up winning, but you know just uh, so if you uh, you pick somebody close to you, you uh, play rock, paper, scissors, and then the winner of that um, goes on and finds somebody else who won in sort of uh, tournament style. But everybody who you beat has to become your biggest fan. Hmm. And just the, the amount of energy that uh, she's able to create in, in every uh, you know sort of warm-up exercise that she has everybody go through. You know, it It doesn't feel like lame team building stuff either. And uh, I'm, I'm always surprised at what she's able to, to get folks to do. All right. So uh, tell me about the rest of the day on Friday. Uh, so we actually have uh, another interesting thing. So last year we did an event called, um, well, I, I, let me roll through the rest of the day real quick. So um, we've got, I think about six speakers on, on Friday um, that are all, uh, you know, what's our CFP? Um, and then we have, uh, traditionally, uh, at the end of Friday, we have our, our local flavor, uh, slot and the local flavor slot, um, 
typically looks we look for people who are from the Madison area or at least in the Madison area now who are passionate and who are awesome at what they do and so we we have uh, Madison music makers um, who are a you know uh, they're a local group who play classical instruments and uh, and you know it's 2014 so of course they you know there's looping and sequencing and uh, things of that involved um, and then we also have uh, there's a local product called Yum Butter and so we've got Adrian from uh, Yum Butter uh, they're sort of an interesting story they're the only B Corp that I know of what's a B Corp? Uh, B Corp is uh, where you know similar to a C Corp uh, but it's one less. No, it's terrible. Uh, it's, <laughs> right. It's similar to a C corp. Uh, only your stated your stated goals are not making money. It's uh, you know improving the world. Uh, so um, so hmm. that way they have it in their their charter as a company. You know that you know the the sole purpose is not to make money, and so that they can make decisions that uh, you know might not make them the most money, but make the most sense for them. Now, what's the difference between that and a nonprofit? Say, uh, it, you know, a B Corp is very traditional, uh, corporation status, uh, outside of the, the nonprofit. So I think, you know, there's, there's not as many of the tax breaks and whatnot. Um, it just, it gives you a, a it gives you better standing with your board of directors, et cetera. So if somebody comes in later and, and tries to turn you into a profit only machine, uh, that makes it significantly harder. It's like a poison pill for capitalists. Right. Um, well, that's but, cool. I'd, I'd heard of it cause I went to, I'd heard of it in college, but, uh, had never heard of an actual example. So there we go. There all we right. Go. So, uh, you know, we've, we've got our typical, our back again this year is, is our yoga breaks, um, which are not every break, but, um, you know, we have, I think, two each day uh, where we'll bring in a, a local uh, yogi uh, and she'll lead folks through things that they can do in chairs, you know, at, sort of stuff that you can do at your desk. Um, so you can take that away and, and uh, be more flexible, more healthy, etc. cetera. Um, That's nice. Did people like that last year? Yeah. So this is actually the, the fourth year that we're doing it. This The first two years we had... Uh, a friend and a former coworker of mine leading the sessions. And it was, you know, sort of the, the lazy perfectionist guide to, to yoga. And so last, last year we wound up bringing in um, somebody of the same name oddly, but, uh, but she's actually, uh, uh, I don't know if you're a certified yogi or if, uh, but she's a professional yoga instructor. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be there's certification for just about everything if you want it, but I, I don't think you have to be. Except for Rails development. Yeah, how do you, Not, feel, hey, how do you feel about that? Uh, it, it's hard, right? Because there's no measurable, um, yes, this person knows what they're talking about and, or no, they don't. And so you kind of have to, uh, you know, quiz people, test people, uh, and by, or try them out in order to, to really gauge what they what they know. Um, and do you think that's true or not true of other things? Though? Uh, 
Well, like you said, there's there's certification for for a lot of things, and um, you know the the ability to say yes, I understand that this person knows what they're talking about, and even you know certifications are are certainly no silver bullet. Um, even if yeah, in fact, uh, long story, but you know even if you do have a certification in the thing that you uh, claim to know, it doesn't mean that you necessarily know it. Which is why certifications are hard. Yeah. Um, well, it's like, think about the things that in, in high school, like your last, think about all of the classes you took in high school and how many of those classes you could pass the final on right now. Or even like, even do reasonably well. I mean, like, uh, and a lot of them I do okay on, but I don't think all of them. So it seems that. like so goes certi- certification, right? Like, I mean, something you learned 20 years ago, I'm not sure you're going to remember anymore anyhow. True. If you, if you haven't been practicing at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so the 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 thing that I was going to mention earlier. Um, so last year we actually had. You're familiar with Iron Chef, I imagine, in your audience are. I would think so. Um, so last year we we did a Iron Coder event, wherein we uh, offered the audience the the ability to uh, to apply to challenge one of our Iron Chefs. And our Iron Chefs were uh, Brian Lyles, Corey Haynes, Carrie Miller, um, Steve Kladnick, and I might be forgetting somebody in there, but you know, fairly well-respected developers. Um, and so we had a, a local uh, who stepped up to the challenge. And um, we were able to... Uh, we gave them a the the fact that they had to build a shoes app, and it had to be based around music. And so one of them wound up building a sort of a, a sequencing machine, and the other one built, I believe, was a, a Guitar Hero clone. And they did it, you know, in the course of uh, about twenty four hours, and didn't work straight through, obviously. But you know, I was fairly impressed with with what they're able to do. And uh, we had a judging panel that uh, consisted of, uh, you know, a salesperson, a CTO, and, well, Ryan Davis. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it turned out really well. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's it very competitive. And it, that format that, that really only a couple of people uh, could contribute or, or could partake. Um, so this year we... we uh, we dropped the iron coder in favor of uh, an open source lounge. And so we teamed up with Braintree to be able to um, bring in a number of maintainers of open source projects and uh, make them available to anybody who's interested in working through an issue, working through uh, you know, a feature request on an open project, uh, and have, you know, put sort of a human face on open source software that a lot of people just don't know where to start. Uh, so folks that, that want to be involved often have a hard time uh, getting started. And so this, you know, you'd be able to sit down with the maintainer of a project, um, walk through a problem with them, solve it, commit it, and then get that instant gratification of being able to uh, merge your code, you know, that day or, or over the weekend. Um that's a, great, that's a great idea. Who's going to be there? Uh, so we've got uh, Brian Shirai, 
uh, Hiro Asari from uh, Travis CI, uh, Steve Klabnik, um Oh, Mike's going to kill me. I forget Mike's last name. Uh, I believe he... So Mike is based out of uh, Pivotal, New York. And then um, Ian Fleming, uh, who's a, a local rack spacer. Um, so, and that, you know, I, I imagine we'll have other folks that are, are maintainers as well that are just, uh, we'll spend some time in there. Yeah, I think that's great. I think getting into open source is something that many people want to do that haven't yet done it. And it, it does seem a bit intimidating, especially the bigger projects. I think, you know, smaller, less popular libraries are a little bit, a little bit lower stress, but the big stuff is a little higher stress for people that are new. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think that there's a ton of, um, low hanging fruit though, even in a project the size of Rubinius, um, you know, which is clearly a very large project. Um, but also Brian was going to uh, try and break down some of the uh, the surrounding tooling and try and, and make things available if, if people just wanted to, you know, walk through it and, and experience that process. So I really got a lot out of when I first learned how to, how to sort of open source my own thing, however simple, right? Like even... Like what's a good example? So I ran in a race this this past weekend uh, over in um, Falmouth, Massachusetts, like a, a road race along the coast. And the uh, the website that that hosts the sign up process is open to the public. And uh, I wrote a little a little library that would allow me to download the entire um, list of attendees, so I could. Uh, do a fun little chart for my family about where people were coming from, like how many were coming from within 10 miles, a hundred miles, whatever. And uh, anyway, so I wrote the library and then said, Oh, what the hell I'll, I'll open source it in case someone else wants to use it. And I love being able to do that. And I think it's surprising to me how, how many people that I think are pretty okay. Programmers don't sort of have that muscle memory of how to take like something they've done and then package it up into a decent gem and put it out on GitHub and, you know, let the world use it. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to do that at all at this open source lounge, but I think that'd be a nice thing to teach people how to do too. Yeah, I mean, I think the, we've got folks in there sort of as, uh, uh, if you don't have any direction of what you actually want to do, uh, we've got folks in there who can walk through something with you. If you do have your own, you know, open source that you want to work on, uh, you know, there'll be uh, those folks as well as Braintree is just providing, I think, uh, for additional staff uh, to, to be in the area and, and help folks out. So if you wanted to bring bring your own open source, you know, they'd be happy to work al- alongside you with that. But absolutely, um, you know, I was just talking with one of my coworkers who's he's more of a, a front end developer slash node guy. Um, but you know he just he doesn't spend uh, enough time in Rubyland to have built a gem before, and mm. it's it's not hard. Um, he just hasn't done it, and so that's really what we're looking to do is is give people either that first experience or, or give them a leg up uh, on their next experience. I think that's great. And when is this? That's on that's Friday, Friday afternoon. Uh, well, it's actually the entire length of the conference, so nine to five. Uh, oh, okay. So. Another thing is, you know, if you if you're afraid that you're going to go in uh, to the open source and miss all the, the actual content of the conference, we're a one track conference, and we actually pipe 
and, and play the sound in that room as well. Uh, so you can watch the talks and, you know, hack on some open source if you want. That's awesome. Well, let's take a pause before you tell me about the rest of Friday so I can uh, tell you about the second sponsor today. All right. I always have trouble with this one, so I'm going to try to I'm going to try to get this sponsor read right. It's for Raygun. Do you know who Raygun is? Never heard of him. Okay. Well, good. Then, then, then this sponsor read has a has a big opportunity. So Raygun is um, an error trapping service for your Rails app. It's a, it's actually used for for lots of languages and frameworks. But since this is the Ruby on Rails podcast, we're going to talk mostly about. Raygun for Ruby on Rails. So all software has bugs, and we all deal with those. But the way that uh, developers deal with those software errors is changing. It's no longer be so reactive, but instead more proactive. So frustrated users who've experienced a problem with your app, instead of trying to write you a long email or have a phone call or Skype or whatever, and waste your time and their time, they uh, you know there should be a better way for them. So what if the the software itself reported the error? errors as they came in, the context that the errors happen, and gave the developer a uh, actionable set of things to do. So if your software, what if your software wasn't crashing so much and instead became unusable for your customers without them having to get directly involved in the fixing process? So that's what Raygun does. And many of us have used uh, different uh, error trapping services, but Raygun is, is one that I think people will like. It's built by a company called Mindscape. They build other developer tools, and Raygun is is one of their uh, more recent, uh, actually it's not that recent, but semi-recent applications. And it just takes a couple minutes to integrate, and you'll be notified of your software bugs as they happen with automatic notifications and full stack traces to detect, diagnose, and fix errors in record time. It just takes about two lines of code, and Raygun works with all major mobile and web programming programming languages like Ruby on Rails. All errors are then automatically reported to the Raygun service, allowing your team to be alerted to problems with enough information to make them better. They track millions of errors per hour and monitor software for thousands of developers every day. They've got a gem, speaking of gems, called Raygun for Ruby. It can be set up in seconds by adding the Raygun for Ruby gem to your gem file. Uh, They also have a Heroku add-on that you'll see in the uh, add-ons area in Heroku if you take a look if you use Heroku. And uh, I think you'll like their features uh, very much. So check them out at raygun.io slash 5 by 5 and you can receive a $50 account credit. Wow, that's uh, that's really good. So 50 bucks uh, gets credited to your account if you use the uh, discount code 5 by 5 So thanks to Raygun for supporting 5 by 5 and the Ruby on Rails podcast. It's uh, it's pretty hard to, to develop a decent size app and not have or really any size app that's in production and not have an error trapping service, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually uh, just looking through the, the stacks that they support and you know everything from JavaScript and PHP through iOS and Xamarin, which was interesting to me. They, and you know just have a REST API as well. Oh, so you can <laughs> like hook into your, it, it yourself if you're... If you're using some, something, something else, else yeah. that supports REST. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, especially since so many applications are, or so many companies rather, have a suite of applications across frameworks, right? They have the native for the various platforms, plus something on the web. It's nice to consolidate into one error trapping service, I think. All right, well, let's get back to to Madison Ruby. So tell me about the rest of the day Friday. 
So uh, lunch. If you haven't experienced Madison Ruby, before, uh, if you haven't experienced Madison Ruby before, you know we sort of uh, issue the the crappy box lunch um, with a soggy sandwich and and some broken <laughs> chips. Um, which, if you've been to a, a conference before, uh, you probably have experienced. Um, and so, what we do is we we send everybody out. If you put a, a pin in the map where our main venue is and do a, a half-mile radius search, um, there's over 100 restaurants within that, uh, you know, one-mile or half-mile radius. And uh, a lot of that uh, that space, because downtown is actually located on an isthmus, so there's two lakes on either side of the downtown, a lot of that space is actually water. So it's pretty dense uh, with restaurant uh, options. And uh, so you can... Get everything from you know barbecue and uh, and burgers to uh, Nepalese uh, vegan you know just about you name it you can get it you can get little uh, uh, oh uh, Russian dumplings you know just a, a lot of variety. What's a Russian dumpling? Is that sort of like a, like pierogi but Russian? Uh, you know they they tend to be small. They're almost like the bastard child of a pierogi and a ravioli. Yeah. Um, but they're also delicious. We had those. I, I thought that that's what they were. So we had those for um, my my family last year decided that we'd start celebrating Russian um, Russian New Year. Okay. Because uh, we couldn't all be together for, for um Christmas day. And, 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 uh, so the, the family wanted to do something fun, but it felt like sort of funny to, to move th- uh, that holiday. So anyways, we ended up doing this Russian new year tradition, which included those, those dumplings and they were quite good. They were with strawberries, which I've never had before. Strawberry dumplings. Yeah. They were, they were like what you just said. So like a cross between a pierogi and a ravioli except stuffed with strawberries, but like fried up just like, you know, the pierogies you would have had other places. Hmm. No, 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 they're pretty, they're pretty good. I thought. So, um, so anyhow, so I didn't catch the lunch deals. So, so do you send people out into the neighborhood then to go have lunch around? Yeah. Yeah. So we send everybody out, we give them uh $10 per day, which doesn't sound like a lot, but then you realize that it's Madison and things are, are fairly inexpensive. Um, and you know, that's been one of the, the most popular, uh, traits of the conference i think whenever i talk to somebody about the conference who attended in a previous year you know i'm talking to somebody else who talked to a, a previous attendee you know they always bring up the, the lunch which is great and it you know there's no better way to to get to know a city than by going out and exploring with you know a group of friends who probably come from you know several different states i think that's great i mean especially since you're you're hosting it on a weekend where the weather should be pretty good it's pretty early in the year we're uh, we're looking at chances of rain every day of the conference for the first time, so that'll be interesting. Like, like by chances, is it like you know fifty percent chance, or like it's definitely going to rain? No, it's it's a little bit less than that even, but um, it's taunting us. <laughs> I think it's going to be fine. I'm sending my good weather vibes there because I don't want to be moving boxes into Witty Hall on campus uh, in the rain. <laughs> right on. Yeah, uh, so. We actually, we've had one experience with rain. I think, you know, after four years, things start to get a little fuzzy. Um, but for our first rooftop event, 
Um, we actually, it rained up until 7 o'clock, maybe 15 minutes before, and our doors opened at 7 o'clock and held out. And then right when it hit 11 o'clock, when everybody was supposed to be off the roof, you know, it started raining again, so it gave us a perfect window. We've actually been extremely lucky. Um, find some wood somewhere to knock on. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, Friday's got the, you know, the, the open source lounge from Braintree. It's got uh, Jesse opening with the play note. Uh, everybody's going out to lunch. We've got yoga breaks. Um, then our local flavor speakers, and then we'll break at about uh, 5:45, and then come back at 8 p.m. Where we've got the union, uh, the one of the rooms in the Memorial Union that has the the patio outside the drip commons if you're familiar with with the union um we've got that reserved and we're bringing in um relatively recent uh new resident moving in from uh milwaukee uh christian is going to be entertaining folks with some uh with some electronic music and uh we've also got board games and and things like that that sounds fun should be should be a really good time just having you know the the energy of the union and move in weekend would be great as well now how does the flow of people go in in madison is it uh, or in wisconsin do people typically move from milwaukee to madison or vice versa you know for being 90 minutes away from each other they might as well be three or four hours away Uh, there's not a ton of interaction between the two cities it seems to me that mostly I'm seeing people move from Milwaukee to Madison, but you know that's just just my experience. Um, you know, similarly, we we wind up losing a bunch of people out to the coasts from Madison and, and Chicago and bigger cities and whatnot. So, um, but it seems mostly to to be going in that uh, Milwaukee to Madison direction at this point. All right. So then it continues on Saturday, right? And so Saturday, uh, you know, we do have an after party. We we don't encourage people to get, uh, you know, hammered or anything. But uh, we start a little bit later the next day um, in case anybody did over imbibe or uh, to give folks a chance to go to the farmer's market. Um, if you're familiar, the Dane County, Far- Dane County Farmer's Market is the largest producer-only farmer's market in the U.S. And so everything that is... Uh, sold on site has to be made or uh, produced by the uh, the folks selling it, and it uh, you know it wraps uh, four four blocks around the Capitol Square, and uh, I guess eight blocks around the Capitol Square, and um, it's a it's a pretty impressive site, I think. So, is producer only? Is that the the typical farmers market lingo for for? Uh, for what you just said. So for the people selling have to be the people that actually grew the food. Yeah. In fact, um, so you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Uh, We recently went to a farmer's market outside of Madison and uh, there were, uh, there were apples up on the table and, you know, people were looking through them and you say, Oh, I'll take two apples. And they would reach down below the table and pick two apples and give them to you. And one of them actually had a, a large, you know, department store, grocery store, uh, price on it. 
<laughs> they weren't being ironic. No. <laughs> they were just being sloppy. Yeah, Shady. exactly. Yeah. Well, I, it, it's my my biggest gripe about going to farmer's markets is if they're not producer only. So I, I feel like we need like a stamp, kind of like certified organic for this. You know, where you like could roll up to the... Uh, roll up to the stand at the farmer's market and they'd hang a little, I don't know, the little placard and it would symbolize, yes, I really produce this food. And we're, we're back to certifications. <laughs> well, this is, I know. So I, I, this is one area where I actually think that it'd be helpful because <laughs> I generally am not the biggest fan, but I wouldn't mind it here. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's hard to, right? Cause just because they've got certification doesn't mean that they're necessarily abiding by that all the time. Right. Um, so Saturday, uh, we, we start a little bit later. We let people go to the farmer's market. So we get started at 10 AM and then, uh, so it's a, a little bit shorter day. Uh, and then we've got the, the yoga breaks again. Um, we go through closings about five thirty, and then we, uh, we break for dinner and come back to our main venue and have what's, I think, we added this in the second year is the, the Madison Ruby tasting. Um, so this year we're actually, it started with, uh, <laughs> me, uh, selfishly wanting to do a whiskey tasting. Um, so we actually brought over a, a friend of a friend of a friend from Scotland, uh, whiskey Craig on Twitter. And, uh, we're able to, he was able to, I mean, he did a fantastic, uh, job sharing whiskey with our attendees and uh but this year we've got um yahara bay which is a local distiller i think we're going to be doing uh, a bourbon a whiskey and I, I tried to get them to do a beer they wouldn't do a beer um but <laughs> just just because they're offended by the the request or uh, no they they just don't have they don't offer they don't make a beer no i can't uh, they're they're a distillery but one bourbon, one whiskey, and one beer. Um, but so we'll be pairing those with uh, with desserts from a a local uh, restaurant, and they'll be all vegan desserts. And uh, some of the the pairings that they have lined up, so they the the two have collaborated to come up with a, a tasting menu. Uh, it should be uh, should be pretty special. I'm really excited about that. And that's after after the conference has closed, is that right? Yep. So that's like the that's the post close wrap up. Absolutely, and so for all of our uh, uh, tertiary events or or you know the after party on on Friday and then the tasting on Saturday, uh, attendees can bring a plus one, and uh, we're we'll wind up uh, you know we're going to be checking IDs and and whatnot, but uh, yeah, it it gives if folks have traveled with you, it gives them an opportunity to participate, meet some of the folks from the conference. I think that's nice. Really nice. All right. So, um, actually, so this is a sponsor heavy episode. Let me do the last sponsor. And then I want to hear, uh, about, uh, let's wrap things up and, uh, give people information about how they can participate in the conference. If they can get up to Madison this weekend or, uh, are already there, but let me, okay. let me do the final sponsor first. All right. So the, the last sponsor today is CodeShip. CodeShip's a regular sponsor uh, of the podcast. So uh, let me tell you about them again. CodeShip's a free continuous delivery service that's really simple to use. 
Um, they offer 100 builds per month for five project, uh, or sorry, five private projects for free. So they have a freemium offer now that's really great. If you only are occasionally building uh, on a project that's that's private, that's still not a public project, you can use CodeShip without incurring any costs at all. And then if you want to upgrade to uh, to use CodeShip for a larger team, for a larger project, or for just something you're doing yourself that builds much more often than 100 times per month, you can upgrade to a plan that supports that. Their whole product has a really big focus on usability. It's super easy to use from the first time you step in to set up your account through the thousandth time you've seen uh, it build and, and run your test suite and then deploy your app to production. You can set up your continuous integration on CodeShip in just a few easy steps and your software will automatically deploy when all your tests have passed or you can set up other uh, workflow rules to have other things happen depending on uh, the results of uh, various build and test phases on CodeShip. They've got great support for multiple languages and test frameworks, so very much like what we are talking about before. If you've got a company that uh, has a Rails app and then a Node app, and I don't think they have iOS, but let's say different types of, of web apps, then you can use CodeShip for all of them, and it works great. They uh, also integrate with not only GitHub, but Bitbucket for code hosting. And on the deployment side, whether you're hosted at Heroku or your your own servers or Amazon Web Services or uh, Nojitsu or, or whatever, you can deploy from CodeShip to that service once uh, everything's green. Again, you can start off on their free plan and setup just takes a few minutes. You can learn more at codeship.io slash 5x5ruby. Again, codechip.io slash 5x5ruby. And if you use that offer code, 5x5ruby, you'll get 20% off any plan you pick for three months. They also have a great blog at blog.codechip.io where you can learn more about their company and uh, get content related to continuous delivery. It's pretty great. So thanks to them for sponsoring yet again. All right. Just reading through their... Just reading through their features, one of the cool things that I see is that they actually give SSH access in order for you to debug builds too. Yeah, which is really nice. It's really quite a nice. It's quite a nice service. They're uh, they're based up in Boston. They they uh, started in Austria, and then I don't remember which of the uh, which of the incubators they were part of, but they were part of one of them, and then um, grew up from there and have built out a pretty big company in in Boston. And uh, I had their CTO on the show and. Uh, He's an interesting guy, interesting company, and quite a good product. I use it myself. I, I feel like I've been living under a rock. I haven't heard any, any of these companies. <laughs> well, I guess that's why they're sponsoring the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's actually true. That that's like the, the demographic of people that sponsor the podcast are those that are in well-known areas but maybe aren't so well-known in the U.S. So, gotcha. Anyways, yeah. So anyways, thanks to CodeShip and thanks for humoring me with uh, by reading their website and talking to me about it, <laughs> Jim. No worries. I appreciate it. All right, so so let's wrap it up. The the, uh, the conference agenda sounds great. And in particular, your care on the details on not just the the selection of the the um, speakers, but the curation of the events before and after sounds A+. Plus. Um, so oh, thank you. It, if someone wants to go and they don't already have a ticket, then what should they do? Uh, so we do still have tickets available. If you go to madisonruby.org, uh, it will actually re redirect you to the appropriate site, which is just a little bit harder to, to spit out. Um, 
and there's a, a big red register now button at the top. Um, yeah, so we've got workshops on Thursday and then conference on Friday and Saturday. So I still have tickets available to all of them. Now, if someone in Madison hears this and they can't go to the conference or maybe, um, you know, because they're, they're busy or because, the, you know, maybe it's not a perfect fit for them, but they want to go to Hype Harvest, is that, is that possible? Yes, uh, very much encouraged. Um, so they would just go to hypeharvest.com, click on the donate button. That will take them to the Indiegogo site where they can choose their, their donation level. Cool. So you've been running this for four years. I bet you've got a, um, a stockpile of tips for, for how to get the most out of uh, one's Madison Ruby um, experience. So if you could give three tips to people that are attending that are listening to this, what would you, uh, what would you recommend? Um, you know, definitely be open to people. Uh, I, I realize that's a, a hard thing for, for some people to be able to do, but, uh, be open to, to meeting folks and, uh, you know, throw yourself into things, especially like the, the keynote there, the play note, rather the, the opening kickoff, um, you know, find, don't, you know, there's the, I forget the author, but, uh, never eat alone. And mm -hmm. so we've got, uh, built-in sort of socializing time but that's only useful if you're actually if you actually find some folks to to socialize with if you're uh somebody who has diet restrictions and you're afraid that you're not going to uh wind up you know finding some place where you can eat there's absolutely places that anybody can eat and uh you know just talk to any of the the conference organizers i know that there's a, a couple of locals who uh, specialize in in taking people to um, you know vegan friendly vegetarian friendly restaurants things like that and then um, I you know it's sort of a take care of yourself one of the the you know common memes coming out of just about every conference is the the conference plague and by you know being around a bunch of new people and and spending uh, you know staying out later than you might otherwise and um sleeping in a strange place you definitely take care of yourself maybe uh maybe take a, a vitamin or a, an airborne before you uh before you come or bring them with you yeah it's good to stay an adult when you're at a conference <laughs> sometimes you get teleported back into some other time period of your life where either you were better equipped to handle it or or just didn't care <laughs> Yeah, I've never found myself on the rooftop of a building at like three thirty in the morning. Not yeah, once. <laughs> exactly, and, and hey, like your like your mom or dad says, you know, nothing good happens then. <laughs> so exactly. Be careful. All right, Jim. Well, I I really appreciate you coming on. It sounds like a an awesome uh, event. Again, it's funny that I'm going to be in Madison. Maybe I'll uh, maybe yeah, I'll stop on by. Bump into you. All right. If someone wants to connect with you or the conference on Twitter. Um, Easiest, there... easiest is Madison Ruby on Twitter. Um, you, they can find me at J R E M is Mary S I K J R. So J Remsick Jr. Uh, but again, Madison Ruby is probably easier to spell. Cool. Well, thanks again for folks that want to connect with me. I'm barely known on Twitter.